I'm back, and yeah, nothing else has changed. The Charlotte Hornets, they lose again, this time to the Sacramento Kings. Steve Clifford not taking any questions and not happy about it. One thing, though, has the rotation changed going forward? We talk about it today. Locked on Hornets. You are Locked on Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We are free and available anywhere you get your podcast, and that includes YouTube. That's Doug Branson smiling, and it's nice to see his smiling face. You can also check out his work on everyhornetsboxscore.com. And it's me, Walker Mail. You can find me on Sports Radio 927 WFNZ every weekday, unless I'm sick, and you can catch me here on Locked On Hornets pretty much every day unless I'm sick. And Doug, I, I just want to, like, it, it brings me to a story Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints told us when we had him on Wesson Walker during the football season. Oh, wow. Ross Jackson told us that he hadn't missed a day in like four or five years. <laughs> and I just, like, when you sign up for the Locked On Podcast Network, that is the thing, that is the shtick, is that you do it five days a week and in the off season, you go about three days a week at the minimum. Hats off to him because like I'm even borderline struggling right now. And I just don't know how he does it. Appreciate you filling in the last couple of days. I do want to know, did anything change with the Charlotte Hornets while I was gone? Uh, they got more injured. Uh, they have more injuries to, to report really on. Uh, they are still losing games. So some things are changing and some things are not changing. I'm happy to have you back. Uh, because misery and the sickness that we have doesn't love company. It deserves company. That's why we're doing the subtext. That's why we're doing every Hornets box score, and I have a chat before every game, because we need to suffer through this uh, together and find the joy and find the fun. And I'll say this, too, about Ross Jackson not missing a day. It is rare. It is interesting. It is something to be admired when you have that kind of resolve and it kind of leads me into my thoughts about today's game or last night's game in which it felt like a little bit of of the resolve that we've seen from a Charlotte Hornets team that has been bruised and battered finally started to break a little bit and and it 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 is so admirable that they have been able to hold the team together this long. And I'm not even just talking about this season. I mean, go back to last season. They've been able to hold this group together and not give up. And I'm not saying they gave up last night, but I'm saying the metaphorical dam is starting to show cracks. Damn. It really is. That's absolutely happening. All right, before we move on, I did want to tell you about this episode. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. We always appreciate Prize Picks for helping us out. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports, go to prizepicks.com slash NBA and use code all lowercase NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Yeah, Doug, it was a bad loss last night, 123 to 98. Oof. It was over, I don't want to say it was completely over in the first half. We've seen the Hornets come back, 
but they lost every single quarter, right? Like mm-hmm. in the third quarter, there wasn't any coming back, coming out of the locker room. Usually it is the other way. Usually that's when the team separates from the Charlotte Hornets. They had been a little bit better in the third quarter, but here you're just not coming out of the locker room ready to go. And eventually you get destroyed by the Sacramento Kings. They get their revenge after losing at home. The only win the Hornets got on that West Coast road trip. We have Malik Monk taking some shots after the game too, <laughs> which I have to imagine it, depending like most people were pretty frustrated. I think within this fan base at, at Malik Monk, I wonder how mad they were at Malik making those jokes afterwards saying, yeah, I'm glad we came back here and kicked their ass. He's like, yeah, you know, Steve Clifford was here when I was here my first year. And so they were running a lot of the same stuff. And so, yeah, I was able to call out those plays pretty easy. But the thing is, like Steve Clifford and Malik Monk seemed like they were all good when they hung out, I think, last year. I I think. I do think Malik was the kick in the ass thing is clearly a joke. I do think he was telling you from a place of truth that, yeah, I, I, they were running a lot of the same stuff. And so I was able to pick up on what was happening over there. Oh, I don't yeah. know. Oh, it, sure. it, it was it. Yeah, for Anyways, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> I believe it. I believe that. Listen, beating up on the Hornets right now is like, you know, going into a hospital and finding someone in a full body cast and whooping their ass. Like, I mean, that's not that's not like Go that's not anything me. to be admired. That's not anything to celebrate Malik Monk. I'm sorry. Um, do you think that they had the same fight that somebody in a full body cast might have? Because Steve Clifford seemed to think that. Well, I think the full body cast, at least they might've gotten a bludgeon. There's one bludgeon with, with that hard cast. Like club style on the NFL field. If you have a broken hand and you wear a club, at least you're banging on somebody. Right. And the, the only shot the Hornets took in this game was in the first quarter. I mean, they, they did have a lead for most of that third quarter before Fox hit those back-to-back threes to give uh, the Kings the lead. But look, even for a team with lowered expectations because of how shorthanded they are, uh, this was a poor showing pretty much across the board. And and the, the key things here are transition defense. They didn't bother to run back hard enough. And Keegan Murray just got behind the defense time after time. I mean, that guy, I think 25 points, six rebounds, three assists. I mean, Kevin Herter, one of their better three-point shooters, goes out seconds into the game and they still get 11 made threes in that first half because the defense was constantly in rotation, constantly having to recover. And they weren't physical on the boards either. They were getting out-rebounded at different points in the game. And so, you know, Steve Clifford after the game, I think he had every right to be miffed Cliff. I mean, he was he was peeved. I knew it. I knew I was going to get it. When I'm sitting there, I'm watching the game, the game ends, and I'm on the uh, league pass feed where you don't go straight to the post game. You just kind of hang on this screen that says po- uh, press conference is coming up. And I'm sitting there, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And after about like 10 minutes, I'm like, oh yeah, we're getting miffed Cliff because he is in the locker room like right now lighting these guys up and he's going to come out and he's not going to take questions. Surprisingly, he offered, he yeah. Walker, he offered someone to ask a question and everyone, I think we, you know, Anyone who's had that dad that says, like, do we have an understanding? Knows, like, you do not answer that question. That is a rhetorical question. You say yes. No, you you have to. There's only one answer, right? Like, you do have to answer it. You have to look him in the eye and say, yes, we have an understanding. No, wrong, wrong. That's a wrong move. You do do not have an answer to that question because even if you say yes, if you say it in the wrong tone, you're opening yourself up to a tone situation there. So I think it's better just to maybe give a little bit of a head nod, yes, but you do not say the word yes. Well, Uh, but I think, like, one question, just someone ask, 
One question, Walker. I was watching Wait, this. What like, is it? Which one is it? I thought you weren't allowed to ask a question the way that Steve Clifford was looking. Which one is it, Doug? Well, but the reporter, I hold reporters to a different standard. I, okay. I think you've got to be brave enough to ask a question. Especially, <laughs> look, if he if he says no questions, and he said that before, he's come in and prefaced yeah. it with saying, I'm going to say some stuff. You're not going to say anything. I'm going to walk out. That's one thing. But if he offers an opportunity to ask a question, I think you have a, a professional responsibility and a responsibility to the fan base that you're covering the team for to ask one single question. I mean, Bryce McGowan gets benched in the second quarter, never seen again. He's been starting. I mean, that's that's worthy yeah. of a question. I'll tell you one thing. Did you see this Darko? Uh, the I don't know how to pronounce his yes. last name. I'm sorry. The, yes, the but I saw it. Yep. You don't head coach to. of the Toronto Raptors, mad yep. about the free throw situation in the fourth quarter against uh, the Lakers, LeBron, all that stuff. And he comes out, and I mean, the rant of all rants, and it's great because it's in this broken English Russian accent, which I think is like the only accent we can still mimic and, and make fun of at this point. But he was like, "This is crap. Basketball is crap. The refs are crap." I mean, he was just going off, and then at the end. And he stops and someone pipes up and says, yeah, so the foul situation hurt you. Huh? <laughs> and he's like, yes, it did. And it, again, it provides you, if he provides you an opportunity, ask the question, get the quote. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, there wasn't any questions there. And I, I don't know. The, the questions would have been about Bryce. It would have been about James Booknight getting into the rotation, which is tied together. And maybe it would have been about something else. Uh, the, the intensity, though, that was the main story. And he told you that this is the thing I'll take away before we move on. Steve Clifford after the game, yes, he's angry. And the reason he's angry is because they didn't show any intensity. Now, that is contrary to what Steve Clifford usually would say. He would say, yeah, we didn't execute. We didn't play the right way, but we did bring effort. He was always sure to bring, hey, they always have effort. They played with an intensity. It just wasn't executed the correct way. That was not the case here. He did not like the way that they brought or the way they did not bring any effort in this game against Sacramento. And that's clearly why he was most frustrated. And that's something that he's not going to tolerate, at least in the locker room, I'm sure. I don't know if that's going to show up on the court or not. I don't know if that message is going to get across, oh, Steve's going to get mad. We might as well put 110% into this game. But that's why Clifford was mad. And that was something different compared to what we've seen. And it leads to your opening comments about, yeah, that was the resolve that we had seen the last couple of years. Didn't see it last night. Let's talk more about this in the next segment because Clifford had some quotes before the game that I think we can sort of tie in and and give us a little bit more context and understanding as to why he was upset after this game. So let's let's keep this discussion going. This is a good discussion. Okay, you heard it. Good discussion. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Breaking the dam and we go into more miffed cliff in the second segment with more comments this time pregame from head coach Steve Clifford. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in with the basketball season here you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues for example you can get lebron james and travis kelsey little little uh chiefs dolphins action at a 10 and a half combo of three pointers made plus receptions 
Want to play alongside of uh, some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Pricepicks.com forward slash LockedOnNBA. Use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Doug, you said if you were in that room, you would have had a bunch of questions to ask Steve Clifford. He gave you the option. Nobody asked the question, and so then he moved on. So what were some of those questions that you would have asked head coach? Not a bunch. I would have, I have a million. I have one million okay. questions it's a that bunch. I would like I to ask okay. Steve Clifford right. in that moment, uh, but I didn't get an opportunity to because I'm too dangerous. <laughs> they don't want to know the questions that I have roiling not. around my head. But I only have one question for you. Okay. Steve Clifford has a professional responsibility when his team is not playing with the intensity that he thinks is just sort of basic foundational to even have a chance to win an NBA game. He has a professional responsibility to point that out and to be upset about that. But as fans and as people who are paying attention to this without the stakes of being hired or fired, can you blame them at this point? If the dam is starting to break, if the belief is starting to crack, after all of this time, not just this season, but going back into last season, can you blame them? But this, how long can we reasonably expect this team to play hard on both ends when they know in their heart of hearts that everything, every single thing has to go perfect for them to even have a chance to win, Walker? They lost an OT to the Bulls when they did everything right, despite the fact that they've been missing. They, I, I don't know if you listened to the show while you were gone, but you could take team street clothes and put them up against team available at this point, and I'm taking team street clothes. It's crazy. No, team street clothes would win. They would win that game. Uh, So you're asking me if I understand why the players don't have the level of intensity that head coach Steve Clifford wants? Yeah, can you blame them? That's the question. Can you blame them at this point? (laughs) Um, I think so. I mean, I think it's it's reasonable to ask the NBA players to show up and play as hard as they can. Now, if this is, I understand that they're not going to have it for every single game. I, I can understand why they're so frustrated. They just come in with the preconceived thought that they're not going to win this basketball game because of all of the injuries and therefore almost make that rea- make that a reality. Make what is their thought a reality by not playing hard enough. But this game, Doug, like I, you, I don't know if you have enough to win against Sacramento. I know that they were even more shorthanded in their win against the Kings the last time, Mm -hmm. but this is the one team you beat on the West coast road trip. (laughs) I mean, against Chicago who you struggle with in the in recent history. Okay. But this is the one team you beat and you're back at home. Well, okay. But can I, can I pause you there? I'll pay the dollar fine for interrupting you because I, I have to stop you when you say back at home, because it is like coming off the road on a long work trip and you get back home and the dog doesn't greet you at the door. The dog just lays there. Nobody in your family cares that you're home. They just keep watching TV. I mean, coming back home is supposed to be a good thing, but I think that this feeds into it when the crowd, and I can't blame fans for not showing up for this product at this point. I don't blame at all. Yeah. No, I don't blame them at all. But but again, when you're when you come into that situation and you're expecting the crowd to like pump you up after being on the road for so long, and there's no crowd to, to pump anyone up. 
There were more Kings fans. No, and I saw I saw Nick Carboni put this out there on his Twitter feed that it was the most subdued night in the Spectrum Center that he's been a part of. So yes, that's all true, but I'll give you a nice little radio cliche. How about this? It's always going to be nicer to wake up in your own bed. Like, <laughs> oh, a little wake up in your own bed. Yes. <laughs> this is what I've missed. I'm so glad you you're back so that you could come on you're here welcome. and tell tell me about waking up in your own bed. Oh. There you go. Look, it's always going to be nicer waking up in your own bed. That's the good old radio cliche. It's worked for however many years that radio has been invented and there's been sports talk. So, it was the first thing. The first sports talk show ever. That was the take. That it's always was, better to wake up in your own bed. It, it was the first time that the home team leaves. He's like, well, Johnny, they're going to be coming back home. And I think it makes a big difference when they get to wake up in their own bed. Oh, you know what, Bill? That's an excellent point. That's kudos to you. I never even thought about that before. Never heard of it in my entire life. The Monty and Wilford show. <laughs> Monty and Wilford in the morning. I like that better than the Bill and Johnny show. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, I think it's okay to ask the Charlotte Hornets to put a little more effort towards a home game, but especially against a team that you beat, the only one on the West Coast road trip. I like. Look, I think both things can be true. I understand how it's it's a lot easier for me to tell the team, hey, let's continue to play as hard as we possibly can, even though, yeah, most likely you're going to lose. But also, Doug, there are some real opportunities to be had here for some of the players that don't get a lot of playing time. Mm. Like, isn't this the exact time that Nathan Minsa should be playing his hardest? Isn't this the exact time that JT Thor should be putting it all out there in 21 minutes of play? Shouldn't this be the time James Booknight trying to take advantage of it? Book night was dead and gone from this roster. This is the only reason. It's amazing that he's getting a seventh opportunity to get back into the rotation. But it's here because the Hornets have as many injuries as any team in the NBA. And so maybe if you want to say that from the starters, if you're Miles, if you're Terry, if you're Brandon even, that could be frustrating. But like there are still some reasons to put forth as much effort as possible. Plus, you're only 30 games in. Like you got a lot of basketball to go. <laughs> if if this was the 60th game, I could even more understand your point. But who, buddy? I mean, if this is going to be a consistent theme, we're done. Like, we're yeah. we're already said and done, and might as well just start talking about draft prospects. Yeah, and the young guys didn't really present much offense because look, if you're not going to play defense, if you're not going to get back in transition, if you're not going to rebound effectively then your only option at that point is to outscore the other team. And JT Thor went one of seven. Nick Smith Jr. went four of 15. Book Knight uh, was three of eight, two of six from three. So all of those guys not really stepping up. Brandon Miller did, the rookie, five of 10. A little bounce back game from him uh, after being sick, 15 points. Not really contributing much else at this point, but scoring. I mean, yeah. there, there have been a few assists here and there, but I think just primarily without with all of these guys gone, they're looking for him to do one thing and one thing only, and that's catch the ball, shoot the ball, make the shot. Um, and and at least in this one, he did that. <clears throat> Bryce McGowan's, which we're, we're going to talk more about him getting benched in the last segment. But I think that the Bryce McGowan's benching and the young guys not playing well and some of them not playing as hard as I, I think they, they sh- should have played, I think that plays into something that Clifford said pregame. Didn't say this after the game. He said this pregame. He was asked about injuries. Uh, and he said, I don't know. Look, I played Cody, meaning Cody Martin, yeah. too many minutes. That's why he's out right now. Brandon has probably played too many minutes. He was sick the other night too, but as a rookie, you have to be careful how much those guys play. 
Terry's minutes are obviously crazy, so I've got to figure it out. But it's just right now, until we get guys back, we've got to win enough. And so I think he's starting to stretch out the rotation a little bit. You remember when they were first hit with some of these injuries, when LaMelo first went out, he shortened the rotation a lot, went down to like eight guys for a little while. Well, now he's starting to open up the rotation a little bit. And I think from his perspective, if I'm, if let me speculate a little bit here on, on why he's upset. It's like, look, I'm opening up the rotation because I have to, not because I want to, not because I think it will actually lead us to winning, but because I've got to save Terry Rozier and Miles Bridges and Brandon Miller from soft tissue injuries. And, and, so I'm doing that, the thing that I don't want to do, and you're not going to play hard, and you're not going to give it your all, and, and, and to the veterans too, I'm trying to give you a few minutes off. I don't want to play you 40 minutes a game like my friend and mentor Tibbs always does, run you into the ground. I'm trying to give you some time off, and you don't want to play hard? Yeah. So there you go. You just answered your own question. I think that's I think That's, that's my favorite answer. Answering yeah. my own question is my favorite question to answer. <laughs> It's true. All right, let's move on. We have one more segment to go coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We should get to Bryce McGowan's getting benched. I also wanted to talk a little more about Brandon Miller. So some young guy talk coming up next in the final segment. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical, makers of the Jace case. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life. But can we talk just for a minute about preparing for that real life? If you found yourself cut off from modern medical care and treatment on an outdoor adventure, in a natural disaster, or in a foreign country, do you have a plan? With the Jace case, you can secure your own supply of basic antibiotics with ease and peace of mind. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, uh, sinusitis, sinitis, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than it is today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON, all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to get $20 off your order. Doug, you mentioned Brandon Miller and how he's he's really only scoring right now, and that's the the one thing he's doing. And in the last couple of games, he hasn't even been hitting at a high clip, but he's been sick. Steve Clifford told you that he's really sick and that he's probably playing him too many minutes. That matters a lot. I think we have to keep that at the forefront when we talk about what he's doing in his last three games. But what I will tell you, too, is I, I think we are seeing quite a bit of the stuff that we thought pre-draft showing up right now with Brandon in the weaknesses category. Like, I think that's showing itself more and more as you start to lose a lot of the talented guys around the team, which of course is going to happen with any rookie. Just pointing that out that when you have somebody that you would love to be as a second overall pick, a Jason Tatum, a Paul George, whoever is the archetype wing you think of, because it's the most valuable archetype in the NBA. That's why you take Brandon Miller, number two overall and so handling, right, the, the ability to create for yourself, to get to the rim, there's still a decent ways to go for him there. 
Now, what's crazy about Brandon is the shot making has allowed him to, you know, be an effective basketball player immediately. And even more so, like I, I would have said it was a success for Brandon if he comes in and shoots 36% from three. It's starting to go down a little bit. But again, that's because of the sickness. And it's only at 38, right? Like 38% is great. I will absolutely take that from a rookie. So he's going to have he's going to finish with what is a very nice rookie season. But I think this is some of the stuff that you want to see develop over time. And hopefully we see that in the second half of this season, year two, year three. It's going to be a long process to figure out what his ceiling is going to be in the NBA. And we're not going to be able to figure that out in year one. No, but I think what we are figuring out is the thing that is most difficult to figure out pre-draft, which is what's going on. If I get on camera here and I point to my heart, okay, which I think is, is on your right side or your left side? Where's left your side, left side, left side. Go left. <laughs> All right, right here where the lockdown symbol <laughs> is. That's where my heart is. Okay. We, we're figuring out what's in there. And we we were told what's upstairs. We were told, hey, this guy's smart. But we're figuring out this guy's got heart, too. He's playing through injuries. He's playing through sickness. He's a team guy. He wants to play. And that's something that will, you know, absolutely uh, determine whether or not he goes from guy who's pretty good to guy who can be great, who can be one of the all-NBA great players in the league. So we figured that out. And there's a lot that I'm looking forward to when it comes to Brandon Miller being a bigger part of this team, a bigger part of its success. Yeah. <laughs> but there is one thing that I'm less looking forward to. <laughs> so uh-oh, Brandon Miller was quoted pregame. I'm going to read you the quote, okay? He says, uh, when he was asked about, you know, how, did, how does this team get through this losing streak? This is what Brandon Miller said. Quote, just staying together as a team. Don't get too separated from each other. I think our bond on and off the court definitely is going to get stronger by the day. It's just going into the next game with a different mentality, different bond, try to pull out a win, unquote. <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm less looking forward to <laughs> is the sort of NBA 2K my player choose a, among these four answers. Like that's yeah. good. that answer right there is going to get him a ton of team points. But it's just like these he is the, the he is already mastered the sort of canned answer and and all of these guys have watched and it's the the dialogue between player and media has gotten more and more canned as the years have gone by and what happens is it's cyclical right or or it eats itself because players grow up and they watch other players and it gets less and less real because they're just mimicking the players that were before them who are mimicking the players that were before them. And it's just like the dialogue between Brandon and the media is just getting so inane. It's what pops off about LaMelo. It's why we laugh at LaMelo and why we're so excited to watch him do these postgame interviews because you never know what that guy's going to say. I know exactly what Brandon Miller's going to say. Yeah, and it's it's tough because even when you yeah it is a fine. You're right about that. It's barely two. That's like fifty cents of okay. a fine. I think you cut it in half. 50. It's not a real dollar. I think when we were in media day before he hops on the mic, Brandon does have a personality and is willing to share a little bit more, or at least doesn't just give you the canned answer type stuff. But then when he hops on the mic. He's going to give you that. Now, it, this, when you have some kind of long-form interview, it's different, right? With with media scrums, with him going to the podium, it's all ball. So you're not going to get his personality. If you have a radio interview, personalities will try to you know get him to come out of a shell a little bit. And then so I think you can get him to play a little bit if you have that one-on-one. But the media scrum stuff, the podium stuff, it sounds like that's what you're going to get from Brandon Miller. 
Um, let's move on to Bryce McGowan's, Doug. Benched. Not only was he starting, even surprisingly so, he was starting, but there was a lot of, a lot of injuries to go through. Yeah, no Got benched, and James Booknight started to play a little bit more. How about Booknight coming into this game? I'm trying to pull up the box score right now. But he played uh, 20 minutes, three of eight from the field, shot a bunch of three-pointers. We made note of that last year when he got a second chance at the end of last season. Really became a chucker. Um, was shooting a nice percentage from deep. Shot a lot of his uh, field goal attempts here. Six of his eight were beyond the arc. But Bryce McGowan's was benched. Like, well, what's the bigger story to you? Is it McGowan's getting benched? Or is it James Booknight actually finding 20 minutes of play? Oh, it's McGowan's getting benched. Uh, because we don't see this very often under Clifford. He's not a bencher. He's not a rash. Like, we don't see lot big line changes. We don't see guys withering on the bench because he got mad about something mid-game. He usually lets guys work stuff out and then slowly modifies the rotation based on what he's seeing over a longer period of time. He's just not a rash. Clifford's never been, I think, to the dismay of a lot of fans. He's not been a rash decision maker like this. But he was very upset with Bryce McGowan's not getting back on defense. A couple of those Keegan Murray getting behind the defense transition buckets that he had were directly because Bryce McGowan's just wasn't running hard enough. I mean, it's like sometimes the game of basketball is complicated and sometimes it's very simple. If you don't, if, if the opposing team runs faster than you and harder than you and they get a bucket, that's a problem. And so finally, after he missed a defensive assignment in the second quarter, he just yanked Bryce. And uh, Bryce didn't look very happy on the bench, looked pretty disappointed. And Book Knight is going to eat that opportunity up. But Book Knight does not have a future with this franchise. I, I'm pretty definitive in saying that. Um, yeah. And so that's it's not a big story. He's doing it because Clifford's doing this because he has to. It's good for Book Knight. Big story for Book Knight because he gets to put something on tape. You know, because he, he's that's going to be important as, as he looks as for good. another opportunity. As long as it's good tape. I mean, because it, it might not help him. But as long as it's good tape, he can show you that he goes out there and can help a basketball team. But we'll see I, because it, it's not been great the last couple of years. And it, it's it's honestly amazing that he's getting another chance. And it's not because of anything that Book Knight is doing wrong now. It was because of all of the injuries. I'm gonna get a fine if I keep talking. I'm gonna okay, get a fine. Okay, let me let me pick let me pick this up because I I, I want to shift it back to Bryce because Bryce McGowan's second round pick uh, was they traded up to to get to Bryce to get that higher second round pick. They felt like he was a sort of one of those late first round opportunities that fall in the second round. A lot of promise there. But Steve Clifford's always been very careful when talking about Bryce McGowan's of saying like we know what he does well like shot-making, ability to get to the rim. That's what he did well in college. It's all the other stuff that has to develop for him to be a lock, to be a rotation piece. It's kind of oppo JT Thor, because JT Thor, it's like, we know he can give effort on the defensive end. We know that that he can get to some 50-50 balls, and he has the length to guard multiple positions. But can he make shots? And the answer for JT Thor so far has been no, and that's why he fell out of the rotation. If the answer for Bryce McGowan's is, you're not going to run back hard on defense – then he's going to, when these guys get healthy, it's just a no-brainer. He's going to be out of the rotation. And as a second-round pick on a contract that's not very high, you could be off the team. Well, and and he did mention last year, I asked him what were some of the biggest surprises, and this was a one-on-one that I had to, that I got the chance of with Steve Clifford. And he said Bryce was one of the biggest surprises. Like, coming, coming aboard, being the head coach, mm-hmm. who was among the most talented that he did not expect that kind of talent from, 
Bryce McGowan's was one of the answers. And so I do think there is at least a foundation of him liking what Bryce brings to the table. And remember, it was surprising when Bryce got as many minutes as he did last year, right? Like even with all of the injuries, Bryce played well enough in order to gain Steve Clifford's trust over some of the other guys that were available too. And I, I just wonder what gives out. Is it what Bryce did in this game or does it matter more what he did before that? And and that's what will be interesting. I look, I, I don't think I don't think Bryce is out of the rotation completely anymore. I, I don't think that's gonna happen. I think he'll get a cup uh, at least a couple more shots. But if he continues to not run back, yeah, that Steve Clifford's not gonna put up with many more instances of that. And maybe we do see more James Book Knight, if that's the case, as long as he runs back and transition defense too. I mean, hopefully we see some of these players from Team Street Close. Uh, hopefully the tie can turn and team available can finally be team street close because this is getting absurd at this point. We keep getting video of LaMelo warming up, doing shoot around. People are examining it like it's the Zapruder film. I think we have to talk yeah. about that tomorrow. Like stay tuned tomorrow. Come back. We've got to look at this LaMelo ball shoot around film and decide if we are uh, excited about it or are we worried about it because i think it's like split the fan base in half at this point whatever's left of the fan base it has split them in half we went from ankle braces to now as he's shooting off of one foot i i can't stand talking about lamello's footwear <laughs> well, we're going to tomorrow buddy welcome back to. this is what you signed All up right. for I'm sicker now. I'm I'm even more sick. That'll oh, do it. Well, I'm the sickest. I'm the sickest <laughs> there is, buddy. There's no cure yeah. for my sickness. That's actually true. Yeah, you actually are the sickest. That'll do it for Lockdown Hornets. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods. That includes YouTube. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow to discuss LaMelo's ankle braces and ankles again. 